0: Welcome to Reading Between the Reels. I'm Matt Leader, and today is a bonus episode, uh, and we'll be coming back to our regular episode uh, next week.
1: I'm Craig Dickinson, and today on the show, we're going to be sharing some audio from a recent Zoom session we had between our students and Ian Descher, the author of William Shakespeare's Star Wars. And he's also written Shakespearean versions of Deadpool, Clueless, Mean Girls, Back to the Future, Frankenstein, and most recently, Marvel's The Avengers. And uh, both Greg both and I have used Ian's books uh, in our classrooms.
0: Um, we both teach eighth grade English. And as a sort of introduction to Shakespeare for the kids, uh, we've used Shakespeare Star Wars in the classroom and used it to introduce the kids to Shakespearean techniques, uh, language, and different literary devices.
1: Uh, but Ian's always been very gracious to us and has has talked to our students multiple times, uh, and it was super gracious to talk to them again here. Uh, so I hope you enjoy uh, the audio from this session. All right, guys, so uh, this is Ian Desher. I told you he'd be joining us, the, the author of the William Shakespeare Star Wars series and several other things. I had a couple of girls talk to me about Mean Girls and Clueless the other day. I was like, you know, uh, he also, also did those. those. So. It's true. <laughs> so guys, let's let's go ahead and jump in and uh and uh talk talk Star Wars. What what kind of questions uh come to mind when we when we talk about what we what we just viewed or or, or anything else related to Star Wars. Cole, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, go ahead.
0: So what do you think the significance is of Darth Vader surviving uh, the Death Star destruction?
2: Well, I guess uh, uh, there are two ways to look at that question. The significance of it for what happens in that galaxy afterwards is is pretty huge because one assumes that, you know, he's able to sort of... Uh, retain power and coalesce i mean of course the emperor is there also but but continue to coalesce power and so it's it's not as much of a uh, as a a bump maybe in the empire's plans as there would have been if he had died um and then i think the other way to answer that is is for the movie franchise overall right uh, um whether they w- were considering sequels at all um by by not killing off uh this this Cool villain. Uh, then they have the ability to have him come back um, for the next movie. So, so I think it's I think it's super important, regardless of which way you look at it.
1: Uh, let's see, Dawson, you got your hand raised. Why don't you jump in, Dawson?
2: Um,
0: why why is the film set a long time ago?
2: That's a good question. I think it's mostly because it gives this sense, in the same way that like we think of you know the greek myths is happening a long time ago because because that's that's when they were written and, and that sort of thing and and um and things like the events of uh, like biblical events are a long time ago and and just like all these things by sort of giving it that setting uh you know in the same way that i mean it's almost like starting off a story with once upon a time right it, it's like sort of giving it this setting of like this this happened a long time ago it's it's sort of setting it up to be equal among that uh, sort of uh, mythological type of, of setting, I would say.
1: Uh, Sergio, you got your hand up. Why don't you go ahead and jump in?
2: Why can't the Jedi tell who Darth Sidious is? Why can't the Jedi tell... That's a great question. And, and uh, probably a little bit, you know, I guess the crack I would take at it is that the way that some of that is explained is that the Jedi are all sort of, they're, they're all sort of clouded. They're, they're, their ability to see things has been clouded uh, partially by their own failings and partially by uh, the power of the dark side. That's, that's, I guess, sort of how I understand it um, though I wouldn't call myself an expert on that. Uh,
1: Kayla, why don't you jump in?
0: So I think Mr. Dickinson had mentioned that you could like do a voice of one of the characters. Can you do it?
2: So I sometimes like to do a Obi-Wan Kenobi voice. So um, there's a a speech that I wrote for him um, right before he's about to, to, uh, when he's dueling with Darth Vader and he's about to let himself be killed. He says, A Jedi is not made of fear or hate, but must a nobler countenance display. It is a lesson learned in times gone by that still I teach myself unto this day. For many years I've spent with thoughts of this, this instant wind doth Vader I'd confront, but now my thirst for retribution's cold, while sweet forgiveness doth my spirit taste. So there you go. There's my Obi wan Kenobi. very nice. <laughs> you've, you've probably given that speech a few times. I, I I have. you can tell it's right there on the on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, nice. Uh, Desmond.
0: Um, what is the significance of Padme being continuously in danger?
2: Hmm. That's a really interesting question. I mean, I, I guess the, the sort of cynical side of me would say that it is, um, it's sort of the continual like damsel in distress kind of thing um, uh, where, uh, you know, she, like, she is somebody who, I think she often serves that role in the narrative function. It also, I think, helps explain sort of Anakin's turn to the dark side, right? Because he is, uh, he can sort of never be, uh, never be certain that she's okay and that she's going to be okay. And so therefore, uh, you know, he, he sort of feels like he has to take extreme measures um, to try to, uh, you know, guarantee her safety. And that's, I think what deciding to, you Know, uh, follow Darth Sidious it ends up being about
1: awesome, Cooper.
2: Um, since uh,
0: uh, Anakin Skywalker is like the chosen one and he goes to the dark side, why doesn't he have like the powers of like Count Dooku or uh, Darth Sidious with like the dark, zappy stuff, <laughs> lightning?
2: Uh, I mean, my my. Assumption, again, not being an expert, is that that is uh, a power you develop and learn. It would not surprise me if we eventually uh, see something or other where where we have Darth Vader doing that, that kind of using that kind of power. Um, but I don't know. I, there might be somebody who would say um, that that's a who knows better than I do, who would who would would set me straight on that.
1: You keep saying you're not an expert, but I'm going to count you as one. Uh, I consider myself an expert, but there's obviously people that know more than I. So I I think there's, there's definitely levels of that. And I I like that too. I've tend to, I've heard theories about uh, because he has synthetic arms. And I don't know if that's, if that's a thing, but we we talked a lot about the fact that there's, there's levels of Sith and and being a bad guy that uses the force doesn't make you a Sith and being a good guy uses the force doesn't make you a Jedi. So, I think the um, the argument to say that there's there's different levels of thing. You're not automatically going to have everything that some other character that you know kind of looks
2: the same or seems to be in the same camp has. So, I mean, we could also imagine that it's something he could do if he wanted to do and chooses not to, right? Like you know, everybody sort of chooses the way they're going to to do whatever. So maybe that's maybe that's part of it.
1: Yep. Just because we didn't see it doesn't mean he can't. Uh, feel free to jump in guys. I've still, I've heard from, uh, about a third of you and you get the whole time. Awesome. Samantha, go ahead.
0: Um, why would Anakin's age be a reason to reject him as a, a potential Jedi?
2: So again, my understanding there is that the younglings are, are started, are, are chosen very, very young, uh, maybe even from birth, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't exactly know how that works. Um, But so by the time he comes along, um, it it seems like, you know, it's, it's already uh, too late, you know, for him, Uh, like my, my 15 year old has gotten really into cars and he's really into F1 uh, racing and, and I'm like, oh, maybe that's something you'd want to look at doing professionally. And he's like, no, I I would have had to have started a lot younger uh, than this. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so maybe, so I think it's it's kind of that kind of thing where, um, uh, if, you know, the Jedi were used to training children when they are, are much younger. So here comes this, this kid who's a little bit older and they feel like, no, that's, it's too late.
1: Desmond. Yeah, go ahead. Why do you
0: think, um, Luke surrendered to the Imperials?
2: Uh, you mean in return of the Jedi, right? When, I mean, I, I think he's, He knows that that's the way, well, I think he believes that that's the way he's going to be able to talk directly with Darth Vader, which is what he really wants to do. He really wants to be able, he really wants to be able to confront him and have it not be, have the setting not sort of start off being violent and tense, right? And so, so he, he willingly uh, surrenders to them and, uh, you know, lets himself be taken to Darth Vader where things can sort of uh, start off, start off calmly. So I, I love that scene. Actually, I love that scene where they're, the two of them are sitting there uh, talking with each other. Um, and I think that that the only way he could have gotten to that sort of a, a calmer scene is by surrendering himself. Cooper, uh,
0: what do you think the significance as of, of Luke seeing uh, Yoda, Obi Wan, and Anakin? uh like force ghosts at the end of uh return of the
2: jedi i mean those were the most the people who had formed him most at least well sorry i should say the jedi who had formed him most right um uh who were able to to become force ghosts i mean one imagines that if that if uh you know he were he were just seeing anybody who had had really informed him that Brew and Owen would be there as well. Um, but but those are the Jedi who had who had been most um, influential to him, and so uh, they're the ones that he uh, that he ends up seeing. Cool.
0: So before Return of the Jedi ended, um, Anakin ended up killing Darth Sidious do you think that's a change for him going back to the light side or do you think he's just doing that out of trying to save Luke?
2: It's interesting. I was, I was talking about this with with somebody else recently about, do we really think that, that, um, that Anakin sort of gets his redemption in the end, right? Uh, Can that, can that one act um, sort of make up for all the other stuff that's gone before um and i think that's a tough question to ask um and i and i could see arguments going both ways um i don't know that i mean he knows i I think darth vader knows he's dying he knows he's about to die he knows that he's not going to live through this confrontation so you know if he had lived if they had found a way to make him live would he all of a sudden be fighting alongside the rebels, mm, I don't know. I don't know if he would or not. I, don't, I guess I don't know that we could say it's a total return to good. I think in that moment he's choosing, how do I want, what do I want my final moments to be? I don't want my final moments to be sitting here watching my son get tortured to death, right? Which is what's happening and, and Luke is calling out to him. Um, and again, I mean, talk about one of the best moments in the whole, the all nine movies, right? Uh, that's That for me is, is one of them. Um, where Luke is calling out for him and and you see Darth Vader decide uh, what he's gonna do in that moment. and it's and it's not necessarily a decision you expect. And so uh, so I, again, I don't know. I would call it a a like full jump to the light side. I think he's choosing to save his his child. I think his his compassion has sort of come back at least for an instant in that moment.
1: Okay. Uh, Brian, why don't you jump in? How does Luke become a Jedi?
2: How does luke become a jedi hmm that's a really interesting question um i think there's i think that's a really i mean that seems like such a simple question and actually i'm sitting here thinking about it and it's kind of blowing my mind because because yoda tells him before he goes to face vader at the end of empire strikes back you're not ready you're not a jedi right By the time Luke comes back to visit Yoda in in Return of the Jedi, he says, um, "You are not, or you don't need any more training. You are a Jedi." Um, Which, which actually, if my memory is correct, sort of comes as a surprise to Luke. Um, Right? He says, "Then I am a Jedi." Right? And so, um, so the question is, what is it that happened between those two visits to Yoda that sort of crossed him over? I don't get the sense that it was just facing Darth Vader because because cuz you don't get the sense that Luke has necessarily learned a whole lot about uh about that um situation or you know so, so yeah so what is it that happened in between those those two things i think that's a a really interesting question um and i don't know that i have a good answer um you know like like part of me wants to say like it wasn't the issue of facing him. Maybe it was the issue of learning that this person you despise is actually your father. And in some ways, like whatever happens emotionally of like coming to terms with that is what sort of tips him over into actually being a Jedi. I don't know. I mean, I'm making stuff up, right? But that's, that's, <laughs> that's the beauty of interpretation. Um, yep. I think that's a really interesting question, though. Uh, Dawson uh
0: what what is the significance of the tragedy of darth Plagueis?
2: hmm it's it's this um it, the emperor uh, he's not the emperor at that point um but but uh palpatine is is using that story as a i mean in the way that you might tell a child a, a story, almost like a, it's a fable, right? It's a, like, like Aesop's fables, right? Um, that, that sort of have these lessons that come along with them. Um, that I think is, is what Palpatine is doing, right? Where he is sort of using this story to help uh, open Anakin's mind to Things he hadn't considered yet, um, right? This possibility of defeating death, and which, which of course, as we were saying earlier, right, gives would be the one thing that could help Anakin have this reassurance that Padme is going to be okay, um, and and so I think it's this this instance where we see um, this this story being used as sort of a a way to subtly teach Anakin something. Um, yeah, that's that's what I see it as. And, and draw out a reaction from him, get him to, to do something.
0: So when Luke is telling Leia about their siblings, um, he asked her if she remembered her mom. And she said that she did. How could she remember Padme?
2: So again, the cynical side of me would say, mm, maybe that's one of the holes in Star Wars, uh, possibly. Um, another side of me would say, who knows in that galaxy far, far away if, um, you know, babies have more memories than uh, than they do in our galaxy? And another way I think to look at it is, um, uh, what is? I mean, maybe maybe it has to do with Leia's, you know, Jedi abilities, right? That that something about that has has helped her retain a sense of of Padme. I mean, honestly speaking, I, I, I feel like my cynical side sort of wins out in that one because because it does, I mean, even if she had this sense of it, the way she describes it, right, um, she describes her as very beautiful but sad, I think is how she describes her, right? And I'm not sure even if, even if that birth moment were the one moment you had of a memory of your mom, uh, I don't know that that's how you would end up describing her. But again, who knows?
1: Sergio. Why is
0: that every hand that is cut off is the right hand?
2: That's a fascinating question. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you could say that it is um, because that is, for most people, uh, the dominant hand. Um uh, though everybody knows that left handers are actually the best. Um, so uh, for, for most people, that's their dominant hand. And so maybe it's, it's a, a bigger deal that they lose that, uh, that hand. Um, I don't know if there's more symbolism to it than that or not, but that's, that's a good question. And again, that also would rely on the idea of of that galaxy having the same rule as our galaxy, right? Maybe it's just coincidence. Uh Desmond.
0: In A New Hope, Han claims that he's um, in it for the money. Do his actions prove that to be true?
2: Uh, well, I think the answer is yes and no. I mean, we don't see what happens between... He he, he ends up... Well, hmm, interesting. He ends up staying with the rebellion for a while, right? He's, he's with the rebellion at the start of empire and obviously he comes back and and helps uh Luke in the battle the death star battle. Um it doesn't change the fact that in that I think I still assume Han has been generously paid. He has gotten the payment that he expected to get from the rebellion and in empire we see him essentially uh saying, "Okay, I got to go settle my debts with Jabba," that he's which he's presumably going to do with the money that he's been paid for uh for helping the rebellion so um you know of course of course yes like han ends up becoming this this you know figure within the rebellion and uh you know and he's he's doing a lot sort of that is nobly on behalf of the rebellion and obviously he ends up falling in love with leia and you know there's all these other reasons that he is doing these things uh and in the end he also got paid so i don't think we can i don't think we can ignore that Madeline
0: in return of the Jedi um, Luke and um, Han have seemingly switched places like in their rules what do you think is the reason for that
2: in return of the Jedi you mean you mean that because uh, Luke is sort of the stronger one now and Han is at least at the beginning is and Han is a little bit weaker is that what you mean yeah okay. Well, I think it's you know, it's it's sort of a couple of things there, there have been a couple of times before that where Han has joked about, you know, Luke owing him one. Right. Um, and so uh, in some sense, you get to see uh, Luke repaying his debt to Han by uh, by putting himself at, at risk to save Han. Um, and um, I think it's also just a nice it's a nice narrative. Uh, balance right that, that you have this um i think it shows how much luke has grown and luke in i mean luke in return of the jedi is my favorite luke skywalker um right um he's he's so much more sort of self-assured and he is he is powerful and and that sort of thing um and so i think it really helps underscore his development that um that now he is the one who is really self-confident and um and knows what he's doing it's not so much about trying to make han look look weak it's just showing how much luke has grown especially since the first movie uh brian why don't you jump
1: in again
0: uh would padme have died if anakin didn't try to stop it
2: (laughs) Uh, brian you're all these questions man uh these are good questions i mean you all have great questions um would anakin would padme have died if anakin hadn't tried to stop her dying uh man anakin's messed up didn't he uh, <laughs> uh no i mean no right what else i mean well we can't say that maybe maybe eventually palpatine's schemes would have uh would have gotten to her and and he would have ended up, you know, succeeding in in killing her. Um she she wouldn't have died presumably as early as she did and as um you know, in the way that she did uh if Anakin hadn't been interfering in some way. I would say.
1: Love that. Uh Samantha.
0: Why does uh, yoda say that luke only has to confront vader again to become a jedi
2: um i think it's because he's he's saying now you know that this guy is your father and it's something you have to something you have to deal with it's something you have to reckon with and it's something that you um now need to yeah you now need to like Now that you have that information right what are you going to do with it i I mean that's actually one of these situations where i think you could uh you could easily extract a a life lesson there for for everyone right like um sometimes in life you are presented with a new reality that you didn't have that wasn't your choice and you didn't have anything to do with and all of a sudden you have to deal with it and that's part of uh maturing and um and so i think that's I think that's kind of what it is, right? Um, yeah, uh,
1: Diego.
0: What do you think the different lightsabers signify? There, I know there's only one person with the purple one. Yeah, uh, I don't.
2: I don't know. I mean, other than than red signifying the dark side, um, I don't know what the different colors. I, I haven't looked into that lore much uh, to know much about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I could make up all kinds of different possibilities, but uh, but the answer is I don't really know. All right, Cooper, I'm going to give you uh, give you another one.
0: Do you think uh, Darth Vader is born when he helps uh, Palpatine kill Mace Windu, or when he like gets put in the suit and stuff?
2: I'm not sure either one of those moments would be when he's. I mean for me it is a it's more of a process and i and i one thing i really like about revenge of the sith is is how it is showing how anakin um turns to the dark side now now he is officially named darth vader uh you know by palpatine uh, right after mace windu is is killed uh so that's when he that's when he officially gets the name but in terms of when he sort of crosses over. it's a process, right um, It starts with well, I mean not starts, but you can see it happening when he kills the sand people. Uh, I mean when he decides to kill the younglings, right that's a that's huge. and and so the moment with Mace Windu is a continuation of that and that's in the, that's sort of where he gets his name because he's telling Palpatine okay, I'm with you no matter what I'm I'm joining the dark side um and then of course uh, to me the to me the moment of getting this suit um that's when he becomes visually what we think of when we think of darth vader but to me that's not um that's that's almost just sort of a a um i don't know it, it's almost like an afterthought now that's not quite right but but i mean it's like <laughs> the, the only parallel that's running through my head is if any of you know the uh, the friday the 13th horror movies uh, it's not until part three that Jason gets his famous hockey, hockey mask right and like he's already been Jason before that anyway so like that's a terrible example sorry but that's that was what was going through my head
1: uh, that's perfect all right I think that's all the time we have with Ian Desher thank you so much
0: Special thanks again to Ian Desher for taking time out of his busy schedule we really appreciate it
1: And we also want to acknowledge uh, the passing of Richard Donner. Uh, Today we're recording on the 6th and he passed away on, on the 5th. And uh, for those of you who, who don't know, and most of you probably do, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know uh, Richard Donner was uh, a very prolific director that, especially for kids of the eighties was super influential. And he's the guy who directed Superman, the Goonies. Uh, We have, Scrooged was another one that I loved and of course the Lethal Weapon movies and you know he, he progressed into being a producer and was uh, responsible for the X-Men movies and uh, if, you, if you dig a little bit deeper you find out that you know he's the guy that hired Kevin Feige so by extension the entire MCU is kind of uh, an extension of, of the Richard Donner version and we've heard things about how Kevin Feige always has the filmmakers take a look at Superman, the movie before uh, going into production on, on MCU movies. So uh, we just want to say thank you, Richard Donner uh, and our, you know, our thoughts and prayers uh, go out to, out to his family.
0: So as we close, we just want to say, thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, or you can email us at readingbetweenreels at gmail.com.
1: And if you haven't yet, please join our Facebook group. It's a safe place to share your thoughts and discuss all things related to movies.